0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. Our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday at 5 p.m. On Tuesday, I'm joined by a guest, which I'm going to introduce to you in just a second. But before we do, our Let's Talk Arsenal shows are always sponsored by football prizes, and this week it is a hell of a prize. We've got a Emil Smith Rowe signed shirt framed, and you're going to like this bit. It lights up. I mean, we. I mean, if you're British, we just love things that light up. We like magpies. We just like shiny things so uh if that's sort of your thing and you like something that lights up and not only the fact that it's a Smith rose shirt that is signed by him with a certificate of authenticity uh then you can get a hold of that the uh there's about half tickets left i think and it runs out on friday so make sure you get that before it goes link is in the description and of course on friday one of our members in the discord server is going to be getting a free entry into that so make sure you get involved with that one but without further ado it's an absolute pleasure to be joined today by Clive how are you doing mate are you well are you good? I am good how are you? Yes very good thank you of course you join us from the Arsenal Vision podcast which I hear there's the stuff are brewing for the for the summer it's not going to be quiet it's going to be fairly busy.
1: Yeah we're doing some Euro stuff and there's a live event about to be announced which is really very exciting. Very exciting. And so um I don't want to say too much, but it's gonna be big. And I may even be there myself. And it involves, oh, me, you getting on a, it involves me getting on a me getting on plane. Put it that way. Right? Oh my so, god, um, that's gonna yeah. be crazy. That's exactly. gonna be mad. So, well, I look forward
0: yeah. to seeing uh the chaos that goes on and hopefully it's spectacular as it sounds. I'm sure it will be. Um so make sure. You keep yourselves peeled to, uh, to the Arsenal Vision pods on the socials and you'll learn all about it there. Anyway, we are, of course, here to chat about with the season now over. I'm very much of the mind, Clive, that I want to kind of put things that what happened last season to bed, done. I don't want to think about it. I'm sick of it. I'm just, I, yeah. I hate what happened last season. I know it's important that we reflect on things and obviously we need to improve and learn from the mistakes, but I also think it's the most important thing to look forward and try and look forward in a positive way to next season and what we can change and improve upon. Uh, A lot of that, obviously, in the summer is going to involve the transfer window, but a lot of it is also going to involve the manager and what he decides to do. Now, he admitted himself in press conferences towards the end of the season that he thought he'd made mistakes, that he thought he'd got stuff wrong, and that was the reasons why he, he is where he is and where the club is where it is. But what, do, what is it for you, like the biggest mistakes that were made? And what is it for you that Arteta must do differently this time around?
1: Oh, well, every season there's mistakes, right? And, and every every coach makes them and every club makes them. And, but we only care about one club, right? So let's focus on that. So we started the year and I was fairly positive. I know I'm, I'm thinking top four, top six, bring it on. You know, it's all been so good um drinks break arsenal looked pretty sharp at wembley and then um, <laughs> <laughs> every time we do something stupid that was you know, it wasn't last...
0: it drinks break as soon as we lost the drinks break it just went yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> and so you know 20 minutes we were doing something stupid he'd just fix it in one minute and we'd be back on it again so it's like quite exciting this and then uh, we started off not bad three wins out of four and then we sort of uh, found a couple of holes we lost to city but we didn't we played quite well. And, but then we sort of lost our way a bit. We lost our creativity a bit and then we started to look around, I feel, as a as a fan group at all the things that weren't quite right. So the Urzel, doozy we didn't have creativity. Smith Rowe was just a figment of our imagination at the time, with a shoulder injury. And Saka had the burden of carrying this team, you know, and it was it was weird really, wasn't it? That the senior players sort of disappeared. We looked at the system, we yearned for number tens and the the 3-4-3, the hybrid system, which I liked a lot, sort mm. of lost its way a little bit. and Because we didn't make enough decisions for me, we played a Bamiyang left, and we needed a crater out there, and to needed double tens behind the forward, and we had two forwards, and we weren't creating, weren't linking, unless Saka did it. You know, Pepe was crushed by William Smart move, that one, wasn't it? <laughs> Pepe yeah. was crushed by William and uh, his confidence was in the, on the floor. Shaka was, was thumping people in the neck. He's like, oh, come on. You know, headbutting at Leeds, you know, red card, Gabriel. I mean, it just got worse. Burnley, own goal, no shots. And they still beat us 1-0. I mean, it's, this is pretty low. Pretty low. Yeah. And, then, and then suddenly we found a 4 3 one We found a bit of youth. Martelli, Smithrow come in. And suddenly we look like a football team again. Beat Chelsea. I think we had West Brom the next game, did quite well. And we found something. And then we this for me was the crux of the season. Right. So in a season, you all have bumps in the road. No bumps. Every team has them. It's how you react to them. And we we got a massive bump in the road, losing a to malaria. <laughs> Common, common thing that happens to most clubs yep. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time at the same time we lose Tierney uh, unfortunately at national break we use Erdegaard at national break Lacazette's 106 year old hamstrings they pop out right so we lose we lose both our experience forwards that were a bad buy in the first place buying them within six months of each other but to lose them within two weeks of each other yes, yeah. at a critical time of the season Smith Smithrow was leggy post under 21 Sackle's getting leggy we lose David Louise, his hamstrings ping out, and you think, okay, we got a problem. So what do we do? What do we do? I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll move Shaka to left back for Sheffield United. And it sort of worked. But then Everton we came in Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Richarlison turned up, didn't he? In, yep. the, in the home game. And he told us the folly of our ways. This was not going to last. And it was at that moment we needed to react. We need to say, okay, what do I do? Do I play one of two or three players at left back, but not Shaka? Do I play? I personally, you know my view, Tom, I'd have played Gabrielle out there, I'd have pushed up on the right back side and rolled around into a three, two, five that way, using like a back three almost, but you know, pushing the right back on and rolling into a four. Some people wanted Cedric out there, I wasn't one of them. Some people wanted Saka out there. I felt I wasn't sure about losing our our pearl of a player back into our mm-hmm. back line. I thought that was a wrong move. But I would have gone Gabriel, solid, 4-2-3-1, in front. I would have gone that way. What do we do? We decide to lean into Danny Sabatis in 10th midfield. And that, to me, was the last option. I would have rather seen El Nenny there. You know, double yeah. pivot, keep it simple. 4-2-3-1, front four diamond, one fullback pushing up. Simple as that. Not complicated, Tom. You know the rules. Very, very simple. But by playing Shaka at left back, this is what we did: we gave three players one and a half jobs. We gave Shaka one and a half jobs, which means he plays left back, but he's got to be almost like a a semi double pivot. Yeah,
0: you
1: know what? Was that the wisest thing to do for him?
0: I no, don't we... see Granite Shaka as a Jao Cancelo. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we decided to yeah. do that.
1: We then split our midfield wide. We gave we gave Sabayas one and a half jobs. We said to you, I'll tell you, you split wide in good possession. Give a little bit of whiff because Shaka can't move up and down the line. But then I want you to contract really quickly when we lose the ball. And if I was to list you, uh, Daddy Ceballos' number one weakness, he's probably running back on the <laughs> on the recovery. <laughs> and we emphasise that by giving him one and a half jobs. And then what do we do? We then look at our centre midfielder, Thomas Party, 45 million quid. We decide, i tell you what, you pay double pivot all your life, but we'll give you one and a half jobs. In fact, we'll give you two or three jobs. You stand in the middle of that pitch, in the middle of the wagon wheel on your own, with all the responsibility, with a target on your back saying, Can you carry this midfield on your own? Mm. With maybe Canon Chambers on the right hand side, maybe, but he's doing a he's doing a rail track right up and down the line when he feels like <laughs> it. And Danny Sabaya, three stone three to your left, about fifteen miles away. That's what we did. We gave three people jobs they couldn't deal with. We destabilised those three players. We could have stabilised the team. And that's the thing that I think as a coach, you get judged in adversity. And I think he went the wrong way. And our season derailed at that point. Yeah. And then to confirm that, mate, the simplicity of the system since then, bringing in Elneny, 4-2-3-1. Obviously, we get a left back back again, even though you could barely run. It's just having him there was good. And then... We, feel, we saw We saw the weekend bring Shaka in, and suddenly it looks so simple, doesn't it? So simple. And so that for me was the season, mate. The we should be preparing for Europa League final tomorrow, yeah. without a doubt, with with a simple, simple, safe, structured move to allow our
0: front four to play. I, what really bugs me is is the Saka West Brom game, like because yeah. to throw Saka in. In that left-back position, the game after you get knocked out and where the fan base has been crying out for weeks, I mean, I'd have rather he died on that hill with Xhaka until the end of the season to to avoid mugging us off, basically, (laughs) and seeing Saka just do so well at putting the. I know it was only West Brom and maybe it wouldn't have worked, but it was so much better seeing everywhere else and everyone else not having, as you say, one-and-a-half jobs and just having to focus on what they needed to do. It, what it really got to me that game, just seeing yeah. Saka sit there at left back and perform so well.
1: And you know what, I'm I'm a bit of a pragmatist in football. I look at structure in a way where I look at it from a I look at stability. I look at central yeah. points in the team and reference reference points. We had Shaka and Party. We also know that El Neni and uh, Party went to Old Trafford, and they can perform that structured role. So from that from that block of two center backs and two centre I mids, mean, mm. you can do it, you can do what you like from there because you've got that block and you can rock around that square as you feel like it, you know, but that block is there. Right? So by losing stability and then destabilizing players, you destabilize the whole team. And then we can't impose our tactics on the opponents because we're chasing shadows, running back on big green spaces of grass. You know, my 65-inch TV was full of green grass with no Arsenal players in it. And it's like, you don't yeah. need to be an analyst or anything. You just need to look at your TV and say, we've got a problem. We've yeah. got a problem. And, um, and it is, to me, you're absolutely right. With the West Brom thing, I think um, by doing that, I asked myself the question I did at the time, what are people telling him around him? You know what are they? What are your assistants getting in his ear and telling you? Do you him,
0: feel like they're yes men? Do, do you feel I, like they are a bit like just you know? You, yeah, I, I'll test a great idea. We're going to clap you for that. I, yes, great idea. Do that. Like, do you think it's any challenging going on at all in behind I, the scenes?
1: I don't want to say you can't. I, if I say I think yeah, they course. need to challenge him more, this is my yeah. suspicion. They need to challenge him more. This isn't hard. It's comes from experience. You've got two 50-year-olds in Stutenberg, if his name is, and, and Steve yeah, Round. Steve They've done a couple of laps, right? So they know about stress. They've been in these situations. This is the time you earn your brass. Right here. This is the time you calm the manager down and say, you don't have to solve all of this. Let's just go what we know that's going to work. We're in a semi-final European competition. This is not the time. To take a 20 year old kid fresh off an injury of the Euros under 21s and make him play false nine. Mm. Don't do it. Because if yeah. it goes wrong, it looks silly. Let's get our, you know, our, basically our captain in Shaka in the middle of the pitch next to the guy. Let's make sure your 27 million pound summer signing centre back, who is sharp, that can man mark their best right winger in Chiquesi, playing there for this occasion. Solidify your team. Have a look at the game. See what it's telling us. If you need to up the offensive players, we do that. But you're getting Arsenal Football Club potentially eighty million quid in revenue if you get to Europa League and win it. Do you see know what I mean? These yeah. are decisions that someone needs to tell him. These are, you know, mm. don't lean into Danny Subias. He's giving you warning signings. Warning sign. Sorry, Benfica. We've He's had not, a few
0: just, warning signings as well. To be well, fair, <laughs> 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 it's, it's,
1: it's in the post, isn't it? There is a it's just too much reliance on. I have to say, lone players for most of you, Tom. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not pleased with it. I'm not pleased with it. But that's the moment experience. we We got experience there. That's when we got to really get
0: their point across.
1: And um, but we didn't.
0: We didn't. No. No, um, we did. We really did. It was everything you can't. We just summed up there with the, with the whole season is obviously what we've seen, and it is all about that season. Was we didn't learn from the mistakes. He kept on playing Willian. He kept on playing Bellerin at the start of the season when it wasn't necessarily working. When you had other options, we moved Xhaka out of position, and then we continued to use him even though it wasn't working in our most important game of the season. He copied the false nine of De Bruyne. <laughs> Let's be real; it, it felt like he copied Pep. It really did. See, that's how it felt to me. Um, and, and you can't, you can't risk that, as you say, in, in a, the most important game of the season, to throw a twenty-year-old kid that only just came into the senior side a few months prior into a position he's never played. And, yeah. and as a player, he's, for me, the biggest criticism I have of Smith-Rowe, and there's not many of them because I think he's been arguably our most improved player this season, but what I think he has to work on is his final product, be it a shot or yeah. be it the final pass. That's, for me, the key thing It'll about come. Smith-Rowe, that if he develops, and it, as you say, it will come as he develops and gets older, but it's not going to suddenly spontaneously erupt in a semi-final playing in a false nine role. It's, it's just not going to happen.
1: And he was looking for central did. area control, really, and he didn't need to. Now I'm not. I, I think the false nine thing was lesser importance to me than what he did at the left back and centre midfield. Yeah. Because if that's solidified, we can we can see what the false nine thing looks like. But the other choice was really Eddie and Ketcher, wasn't it? And Eddie didn't quite tear it up, but at least he's a centre forward. And so then you got to choose between Odegaard and Smith Rowe. And for me, this is why I'm a bit down on loans. I think he was overly loyal to the lone players when they weren't quite at it. Odegaard wasn't fit once he'd done his ankle. He played him, didn't play well for two or three games post the international break. Really big miss. Rowe was fit. He could have done that role and he played it ready. I know we weren't in the best shape. I know we had lots of injuries. But that's the time you simplify. I've got a little message. I always say, to him, if you're not sure what to do, do sweet FA keep it simple simple. it's a simple message in life if you're not sure what to do don't do anything just do what's normal and then let the players work from that structure
0: that's how I've kept a girlfriend for eight and a half years so it (laughs) clearly works it clearly works Um, let's jump into the chat box and see what some of the guys are saying first of all Hugo uh, thank you ever so much for joining up and joining the crew of members I see you have joined up as an expert member so I'll send you the link for the discord server as soon as we have finished over here Um, now there's lots of questions Clive obviously about the summer and what we need to do Mm. and obviously the title of the video is about what we need to do to succeed and a lot of that is going to be around Different players now what you and me of all the people on the arsenal fan base we love transfers and we love, love looking it. at transfer targets and we love just researching I scout,
1: youtube i'm your man oh yeah yeah it's Go worth man.
0: the money i scout i'll tell you <laughs> it is expensive but it's worth the money just just having it unless you're cheeky and you use someone else's login i don't do that i have to pay for it but yeah i know there are others wink wink out there that do um anyway in regards to the, the, the centre-back position is something I'm really interested in today because obviously over the last couple of days, we've seen some links with Arsenal and centre-backs. Now in January, David Ornstein told us that Arsenal in January were looking at a right-sided centre-back in that period anyway. We didn't bring one in in the end. But that is clearly rearing its head again, even despite the fact that Saliba's had an impressive loan spell at Nice. Mavropanos yeah. has also had a very decent loan spell, and today, I don't know if everyone's seen, has been called up for the senior Greek national team today as well, which is great news for oh, him. That's good. We, we've been linked yesterday to Jules Kunda of, of Sevilla, who is a very, very highly rated French centre-back that's going to the Euros with France. Uh, and today we've been linked with Tapsoba from Bayer Leverkusen, who is a Burkina Faso international. I'm going to be hopefully doing a tactical breakdown on tomorrow. Okay. Um, but he is also very highly rated, 22, yeah. I think, years old, um, similar to Kunda. Now I don't want to specifically ask you about those two players because we could we could wax lyrical about them. I'm, I'm more interested about the idea of Arsenal signing a centre back when Saliba is there because there's a big for me a fixation from the fan base about Saliba must succeed. Saliba has to come into the team. He must play every single game until his legs break. That's pretty much the, the mindset of a lot of people, and I understand that because we spent a hell of a lot of money on him. But I've today I kind of pointed out in a bit of a thread. I said, look. With Saliba, he's 20 years old. He's had six months of first-team football last season. He came in for a lot of money under, pointing out a completely different recruitment system under Raul Sanyehi and Unai Emery, not Arteta and not Edu. So that's got to be factored in. And also, there's been a lot of people that have criticised Rob Holding's new contract and saying that Rob Holding should not be the starting right-sided centre-back for Arsenal going forwards and I agree with that I think he should be a depth player for Arsenal but in my mind I can't rely on Saliba and Gabriel to be Arsenal's two centre-backs throughout the whole season and for the alternatives to be Rob Holding and Marie I'm growing in the idea that Arsenal do need to go out and sign another quality centre-back so I'm really interested to your vision on this.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I flip flop on this to be honest because I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading the the tea leaves and the mood music and thinking, you know what, he's not gonna play a twenty year old and a twenty-three year old at the back. He's just not gonna put his career on that. Yeah. He knows he's got he's got eight to ten games to start of the season. And we better be tipped up because there's a lot of Arsenal fans just standing in the shadows waiting. Because next year, if we buy the players we need to buy, there is literally a no-excuse environment. We've got no Europe, pre-season, plenty of coaching time. We have a top coach. We should have trimmed the squad. This should be a no-excuse environment. If he's allowed to trim the squad, if Arsenal can do the right deals, which we all hope they need to do, but the whole market's doing the same thing, there's going to be a really, really strong transfer window. So if I'm him playing a game for my life, then again, I would have done different things at Villarreal. by the way. He didn't care. And so... Um, I'm thinking, How am I gonna do that? And I and I keep looking at the player. I keep looking at all I've looked at all three of these players today, Tom. And yeah. I really like Saliba. I really like him. What I'm not sure about is he's still a young man. There's immaturity about him. He's a he's a young man. He's a tad. Yeah. <laughs> so he's um he's he's a young he's a young man. He's got a man's body, but he's mm. still 20 years of age, you know, just nineteen, twenty years of age. There are no Reno you know, apart from Fafana who's playing in a three, let's be honest. He's playing yeah. in the three, tucking on the right. That's a different ball game. And I would like Arsenal to use a three a lot more than what they do. I don't see anything wrong with it as long as you have two double tens behind the forward. Yeah. It's how you or you I like
0: TNA a left
1: centre back. I really yeah. like it. <laughs> and um, and t- you can put use him as left wing back and you can do what yeah. you like, but there's uh, Arsenal in some ways with the age of our of our centre backs, we suit a three, you know, yeah. and then you can play a one plus one in the middle. You know, rather than a flat two, you play one plus one. And suddenly, we've got a young kid at Newcastle doesn't mind dashing from that position going forward. Do you know what I mean? So you, it's, it's what you want to do. I don't like the fact we dismissed that system because it allowed players to settle, young players to settle. Leicester did it with Luke Thomas the left wing back. And they're probably bringing Bertrand to help him settle. And when they want to play a flat four on occasion, and Bertrand does it, when they go wing back, play the kid who's got big more legs. And... and for he was doing all right in a four. He wasn't great. He was doing okay in a three. He came into himself much like he did at Sanitian. So I would like to see Saliba play. I looked at Quinde, a little bit small for me, mate. I heard the other day talking about his his heading stats. Yeah. Mustaf- Mustaf- Mustafi had good heading stats, right? So <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> but when Harry Kane bullied him on the far post, it doesn't matter, right? And that's yeah, where yeah. it counts, close to goal, Um and. Tap Sober, I like him, but he's a, le- he's a left centre-back, Tom, isn't he? I mm. mean, if you look at him, he plays all his time on the left. I don't think he's strong in his legs. I don't think he's strong in his core. I don't think he drives out of the spot. And I don't think he's a possession centre-back, which is what we need. And Saliba is a possession centre-back from deep. Is he experienced enough? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. And I'm, I'm not sure Arteta's going to play him. I just don't think he is. And I'd, if PSG knock our door for, we just give us our money back, I think we'll take it. I do.
0: So how much is that? Well, what
1: well in France, his, his reputation, well, you, you tell me, you know a bit more about these leagues, but I would imagine his reputation in France has not gone downhill, given what he's no, done hasn't. in the recent months. No. He's still a bright talent, but obviously French league, French player, French league, only a couple of Cubs that can really, perhaps all money, I'd assume, you know, so mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I mean, I hope he makes it. I genuinely, genuinely hope he makes it. As a player, I really like what he can do. But I just need to see him on the pitch, you know, in a proper adult's man's game in the English Premier League. We will know within half an hour. We literally will. And that's what I need to do before I decide what to do with him.
0: Uh, Wayne Sage in the chat says centre-back should be the least on the club's priorities. Central midfield, right-back and left-back need the most important. Do you not agree?
1: I don't agree. So what's his name? Is it Wayne? Uh, Wayne? Wayne. Wayne Right. Hey, Wayne. Right. I'm going to tell you why this is really important decision for us. Right? So I was talking to Elliot and the boys on WhatsApp before I came on. So if they're watching, they know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I think a lot of things, big thing about Arsenal for me is where we play on the pitch. With David Luiz and, say, a holding in particular, they they are closer. Sorry. They are happier, closer to their goal. David Luiz likes to drop off so he can see the play, so he can drop the ball where he likes it. And Rob Holding is a natural defender. He goes one of two ways. He goes very tight and aggressive high up on the halfway line, gives away fouls and swears at the rest, jumps back into his hole. Or he likes to be near his box, where he's actually quite good in the air. But when you get him dancing around with his feet, he's not so good. He's a bit flat-footed. Runs with his feet out like a duck. Right? So he's not very good in one <laughs> What an tackles. analogy that is, wasn't it? If you ever want to see, there's a little clip when um, Grealish and... Um...
0: I thought you were going to send me to a duck video. <laughs> <laughs> there's
1: a little clip that's out there with um, Grealish and Barkley making Rob Holding dance in the Villa home game. You know, our home game. And it's it's not great, mate. It's not great. Yeah. And... um. But he's done quite he's done fine for us. He's a third or fourth centre back. That's it. He should be at Newcastle for twenty million. That's where he should be replacing Fabian Shah. Like that's what he should be doing. But he's at Arsenal wearing the captain's armband in the European semi-final. I'm not sure about that. Right? You what I mean? So but the the whole thing about moving us up the pitch is really key. I think because when you do that, everything becomes more front-footed. Everything means we're now creating a situation where our centre mids Wayne is right. Our centre mids can engage and tackle and create transitions. You've only got to look at the second goal on Sunday. Shaka comes across, makes a tackle, one pass, round the side, Pepe in and goal, celebration time. That's what modern football is. It's two, three passes, transitions, bang, straight at the gut, go for them. We don't tackle. The pitch is too big, we can't pressure people. The pitch is too big, our centre backs are too far back. Our centre mids, only one of them really makes a tackle. If Shaka and Party are there, we're okay and it goes on to my centre-mid choice, obviously, Basuma. I want people to go and engage the game, go and engage the game, centre-backs are lay big space centre-backs, that can run into sides, run into corners, which means we can push up. If we push up, then we can start to judge our talent up front. Do you see what I mean? They They haven't got to carry the ball to the area where they want to get a shot. It's already on its way. It's already there. They can see it. And when the ball's close to you, you're more likely to be more proactive in your running. If the ball's back in, in Holding and Chambers land, what if I'm a Bamian? Why am I running? It's not coming. Do you know what I mean? Because they can't yeah. kick it, mate. They, they can't. Louise can, but they can't. And this is why a possession centre-back that can play football is really important. And a right-back that gives us confidence to get off the pitch in a more dynamic way. And I think Chambers have been fine, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in a more sprinty way, like an Emerson... Like uh, oh, a half his name. Yeah, Aaron's, I think Aaron's might be the one because he's different to Chambers. So you play Chambers at Palace and Burnley and West Ham, mm-hmm. and Aaron's in a home game at the, at the Emirates when the sun's shining where well, we've got the ball. That that's a quite a nice mix, isn't it? You know? Yeah. You know, so so yeah, that's what needs to happen. Meet the other one
0: that you were thinking of.
1: Uh my Michaely. You oh, Mukiele from
0: yeah. uh, Leipzig, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, Some, every now and again amazing.
1: every now and again you've got to pay the money. If you mm. wanna be a top team, you get your Basuma, you get your McAlaney, and you decide what you're gonna do in attacking mid areas. But you, these are the boys really. There's no there's no risk associated to those two.
0: I'm I'm intrigued now because um, we are getting into the realm of transfers about kind of like what your what your expectation is because we've heard of all we've heard everything now from from the owners from from Arteta I mean from the owners we hear and I I, I cannot say these words without using the, the the air quotes we've heard of the big plans for investment from the ownership we've heard of Arteta saying that they have planned out the window regardless of whether or not we would get European football they said they might tweak a few things they've got like contingencies etc. Um, but there's a lot of they've put pressure on themselves they've they've put the expectation up from the fan base even when arteta's tried to rescue it a little bit in press conferences by saying that players that are on contract are very likely to be here etc which is a load of rubbish and people yeah. should read between the lines on those but what's your what are you expecting what what's the hope for you do you think we're going to see the investment that we've never seen before do you think again it's going to come from the amount of player sales we're able to do or something completely different
1: yeah, just one quick thing. Just, I just saw a comment come up saying I, I don't agree Who's with from? the defence. I can't remember who it's from. It sort of said, I respectfully disagree, Clive. I just saw it flashed up about defence. We've got the third best defence in the league. What I want people to realise is, is that we haven't got the third best attack in the league because of where we play. Do you know what I mean? And I think if we can score a lot more goals because of our territory and our position on the pitches, we play too many passes in our last third. The pitch is too big for us to cover squeeze the game up like most of the top teams do, playing their half, we will score a hatful of goals on the transition just by our position and our territory. And I think that's a really key thing. So having players that can manage those distances at the back is so important. Because then we can really rip into teams up top. And if we lose the ball, there isn't the fear factor. There isn't just the bias running back at Villarreal situations. You know, we haven't got that situation. And then so what happens in your your defence is basically the almost right. like the last line of your defence. We need to engage a lot higher up rather than what we're doing at the moment. So that's what I was trying to say there. Um, who is that from? Zemir? Zemir. Hey, Zemir. Um, so this is why I think Arteta, although Arteta's made mistakes, I don't think he's the biggest problem at the club. I think we've got problems in our director of football area. I think we've got problems with our, our key agent area. And we have problems in our ownership. The Arteta problems, you and your listeners, Tom and your members, we can discuss them every single week. We don't make a substitution, we don't pick the right player. We were doing this till we drop down dead. That's what's going to happen. A <laughs> <laughs> coach, coach's issues are so not so easy to spot, but we can all spot them in hindsight. And we can discuss them and see if we're learning, and that's that's the fun of being a fan, right? So mm. Arteta's issues managing us and the team are clear, and when he does something good, they're also clear. What we need our tech to do, and this is why I think he's been better than Emery, he's not so much managing us, but he needs to upward manage. He, and I think this is where he's better. He seems to be the only, well, so far, he's the only one to get any money out of Conquist for for party. He needs, what we need him to do is not worry about managing us. The ownership are not going anywhere. He needs to manage them. He needs to be the guy that links this club together. And it's not, he shouldn't be the guy. because we have no leadership structure, Mm. because we're a dysfunctional organisation, I absolutely trust Arteta for his motivations for being here. I know why he's here. I look at some of our previous directors of football and particular agents, and I think their motivations could be questioned. I really do, you know. When you're a key agent, a key advisor for our director of football, and you have players in the team, Mm. in the squad, why are you going to be helping to bring in players that are going to push out your clients? This you what I mean? There's a conflict of interest there. Yeah. We need Arteta to be really pushing the ownership. And I'm sure your listeners are saying right now, well, club, they're never going to spend any money. Well, he's the only one that's he's going, to, he's going to be able to do it. So who else is going to do it? There's no one else who's going to push this hard enough to upward with manage with the KSE to get the money that we need to kickstart this... Um, process of renewal Never. that we all know <laughs> it's a process of renewal isn't it squad yeah, renewal yeah. The, the ugly bits was done in January that's a pay to get out job get out of our club we're going to pay yeah <laughs> and then we, now we've got the bits where we can actually sell people because they've actually played on the pitch yeah. they've actually got a track record they've actually you know a lot of the players that we want to sell have they have been linked you know with yeah. clubs you know there's an option yeah. there to sell quite a few, you know. So could it play the case? That's that's yeah. a little
0: yeah. bit annoying. Yeah.
1: yeah, it is, it is. So we need Arteta to upward manage because our dreams, I'm afraid, are not gonna happen from a self-sustainable model. It's just yeah. not. It really isn't. And I,
0: mean, I get the feeling better. from Arteta though that he's as you say, I feel like if he was Never, never going to get the backing. If he felt like he wasn't going to get what he's planned out with Edu for this summer, he'd be gone. He'd be like, look, yeah. I failed and I'm going to go. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't get the sense of – I know that there's a stubbornness about him. Um, I, I get that. But I, there is part of me that feels that he's not just here for the paycheck. And I feel like he, he genuinely does have a vision and a, 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 an ambition to turn the team around. Now, he may not be skilled enough to do it, and I feel like we'll find that part of it out fully and truly this season. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, the Thursday, I always say the Thursday against Villarreal, in that moment, my opinion changed a lot on Arteta because I just felt yeah. there was nothing justifiable I could put out to say he shouldn't go. And that any other club in any other league, <laughs> anywhere else, would have got rid of him by that point. Uh, but the fact is, the, the fact of the matter is now, is that he is going to be here. And he is going to be yeah. here first next season. And I do, I'm try. I look on the always, as people know in the chat books, look at the positives and look to see the method in the madness and see where we can go from here. And what have we done previously that gives me hope? And what my hearing that's yeah. going to give me hope? And I do have that hope that, that we are going to change things. I'm not, I don't know about you, Clive, but I'm not actually that worried about the transfer window. I don't no. know what it is. I'm not worried about it. I'll so tell you, why? I
1: mean? I tell you yeah. why I'm not worried about it because I I guarantee you. You know, you know, I've been. It's not about what I've been saying, but I've wanted this renewal for quite a while. I've, I've wanted to blow this. I've been saying blow this lot up for two two years. You
0: didn't now. want the Conference League, did you? You no, wanted a season out of Europe. Yeah. I wanted. I said it.
1: I want a season out of Europa League. Even I wanted yeah, this. Yeah. I wanted a reset moment. I wanted it to be so clear and so painful that there was only one thing to do. Because that's what blow was what's needed. I didn't. I loved the FA Cup wins. I really did. Trust me, I was there for all of them apart from the last one. So like I, I didn't I I loved them and and I used them to really boost myself for the future. But actually, we I know you we can't say winning FA Cup is bad. But we need this moment. We need yeah. this moment of clarity. The board has made themselves clear to us with the ESL. So they've told us there what they think of us, right? right. So that's one thing. And I looked very inexperienced, all of a sudden, right? So, Edu, um, well, the jury is out, big time, you know, big time on him. Um, Arteta messed up coaching wise, really, Tom. And yeah, he, you, know, we're not expecting to be a brilliant man manager at thirty nine, but coaching, he's sharp, and he messed up mm-hmm. coaching decision wise in, in his reaction to adversity. So Suddenly, the whole club revealed themselves, and I think, what well, do I? Does everyone get fired? And then the owners, and the owners, should get sold. Or do I say, who's the person I trust is why he's here? And that, to me, is the, the coach, manager. Yeah. Can he manage this club to be able to reset at this period of time? Can he get the funds that we need? Can we do the sales that we need to do? Have we got the right people in the organization to do it? That, to me, that is the only thing that counts. Player selection, people will agree and disagree, but we've got to get it right. We've got to get it right. This time, for the first time, we've, we've got to not be too funky in our choices. We haven't got to go to the back of beyond to find somebody. There's some good players in our league. Buy them. Buy them. Know why they're here. Buy them.
0: Speaking of good players in our league, Vegas Gunnar, thanks so much for the donation. He says, great show today. Thoughts on Ruben Neves. Supposedly, Mm -hmm. he's available for 35 million. I don't know if you saw this story today, but apparently he's he's available for that amount of money. And he's one of the people I put on my... I did those lists of like five midfielders that Arsenal could look at, and he made that list. And I don't know what you think about that as a possibility. I'm
1: I'm not... um... I'm not big on him, Tom. To be honest, I know he scored some beautiful goals, not so much this <laughs> year, but, but last year. And, so you got but,
0: the? Uh, see, I know that you disagree with me on this, but I there's a part of me that looks at Alan Maximan as a bit of a flair yeah. guy, someone who yep. impresses in a game, but actually his end products and his consistency is questionable. Is Ruben Nevers, Does Ruben Neves give you that feeling that Alan Maximan gives me that same vibe?
1: Yeah, I feel he's a bit of a one-way player. I mean, when they're when they're going in the postage stamp, it's all good. When they're not, I can't find them on the pitch, right? So mm. that's how I feel about him. Um, the one that wolves is Neto, really, isn't it? Right. I know we don't yeah. need him per se because we got Pepe and and Saka, but he's the superstar of that team, and yeah. he's got the attitude, he's got everything, and you know that's a player that phew, he's only going one way, and that's probably to Man City at some point in his career <laughs> um, yeah. because he is he is a uh, you know Bernardo takeout. You know, definitely, yeah. you know, that's, that's the one
0: for me. It's interesting. Like, people in the chat saying, but, but Neves is like a goal scoring midfielder. People say that he isn't for me. Like, I get the idea of what a goal scoring midfielder is. Like, but the thing is with, with Neves is that he, he's got a long shot taker. Like, yes. I wouldn't describe Granite Xhaka as a, as a, a goal-scoring midfielder, but he's got that same ability to shoot from range as Neves does. Now, I look at what Joe Willock's done at Newcastle, and I look at the goals that he scores for midfield—be it from popping up in the box of a good header or running from deep and dragging the ball into the opposition's box and then taking shots there. Willock looks to me the style that can become a goal-scoring midfielder, but I don't yeah. look at as I don't look at Neves in that same mold. And speaking of which, what what does Arteta do with Willock? Clive, because this is such an—I I know that we talked about earlier about the three at the back system, and Willett could play that role because he's played a three at the back system at Newcastle, where he played next yep. to Chelvy in that position. But yep. what do you? One, what do you think is going to happen? And two, what do you want to happen?
1: So I, I tend to look at when people say, "Oh, he's a midfielder. We don't score goals in midfield." Well, the midfield for me comes in almost two sections. You have mm. you have your behind the ball players. You know, your Shaka, your parties, your Nenies. Right, they're your behind the ball players. I don't see whether because they're behind the ball in the two, centre mid. I don't. If he was at Arsenal, he'd be one of the tens. Now there are different types of tens. You have your hand grenade ten in Smith Rowe, who pops up all around the pitch, blowing people up in wide channels, creating diamonds and triangles out there. You've got your Odegaard ten, who plays in the right half space, comes deep, gets in the ball, drifts into central areas, and and cuts you with a, with a knife pass, right? So, and then you have your Run about 10, like you're around Ramsey 10. When he plays off of striker with Bale, he plays one of two tens. Yeah. And what Arsenal tend to do, they, they play double tens, didn't they? They play Odegaard and Smith Rowe really at yeah. double tens and have two fours a bit more dynamic in behind them. So Smith Rowe plays for Arsenal. He needs to play with a, a centre forward who's a setter, like a Lacazette. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like the Ramsey Giroud thing. Centre Dr- forward, yeah. Yeah, Giroud would set. Yeah. Ramsey would just run, distract, cause problems, arrive in the box, take all the man of the match rewards home, while Giroud's lying on the floor, blowing out of his ass, being kicked by centre backs. Right? It's and so and so Joe will it become that style of ten for Arsenal? He but he'll work back in as well. You know, press people, press the the deep midfielder, mm. make sure he doesn't have time. You know, like, say we're playing the Calvin Phillips. No, 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 Joe, you take him out. He doesn't get the ball. Take it off him in this transition. So, if you want to do that with him, as fans, we have to realise there are different style of number tens. A number ten can be a second forward, and he also can be a third midfielder. But he must have the energy and the technique. So, we must be play a certain game for Joe Willett to to thrive. Maybe we want to play a deeper a deeper game, and he has to get us up the pitch. Oh. So. If we're not going to do that we're going to be a possession team with our big possess, you know our big possession center backs so that can sprint and we're playing in their half there's less room for joe to really show what he's got which is great athleticism great legs if someone was to offer us the money because of the tactical fit rather than the talent fit it'll be hard to sort of turn that down unless we were going to use him systemically as, as i described you know so um so I'm, I'm not sure what to do with him. However, I will say we turn our noses up at our own players sometimes, our young players in particular. And I do it too. i do that. ages. Yeah, I do yeah. it too. You know, like, I like Brendia, right? I've got mm. no idea if he's going to work for us. Mm. But I look at him. I've white-scouted him. I look at his feet. I look at his attitude. I look at how he drifts, how he shoots, how he creates. I think he looked like one of ours. Do you see what I mean? Okay. He looked like one of ours. But Joe Willock's doing the business in the Premier League. He is the form player in the Premier League over the last month. You know, the whole league it's there on record and he's our player and he wouldn't cost us 10 pence. But we're not, we're, start, we're turning our noses up at it and we're prepared yeah. to take a risk on Brendia and I'm one of them or even Odegaard. Let's get him in. Right mm-hmm. So there is
0: would a. You, you do, quickly on that, on that Odegaard point, because For me, I've really had to try and defend Odegaard a little bit recently because Mm. I think people have taken, I think people lose the context of Odegaard sometimes. I'll point out that he had six months at Real Madrid at the start of the season where he barely played a minute of football uh, off the back of a really solid season for El Sosida. He then comes in in January to a completely new team, new league with six months left. He's off the back of an injury and he's got to get up to speed. And for me, he came in and provided energy, provided creativity, provided incisive passes, and he added that little bit of vocality and just the the communicative side to the attack, which I'd noticed when they did the uh, the mic'd up episode against West Ham. And then I noticed it in the subsequent games after that as well. And and for me, just because his numbers, his raw numbers of goals and assists weren't necessarily that high, I think people are writing him off. And, And... I think it's naive to do that because he's only been given such a small sample to, to be able to show what he's about. Do, are you, I'm assuming you're a fan and, and would like to see.
1: I am a fan. And i tell you what I like about him. He's he's almost like a technical leader on the pitch, isn't he? Yeah. When, when he's fit and he's on it, he's like, you just can't take your eyes off him. He's always available, always knows. He's got his satellite dish firmly on. So he always turns the right way. He can manipulate the ball to get it exactly. He's got one foot, but he can manipulate his feet to always know where the ball is to allow his next movement to be really smooth. So he looks lovely mechanically-wise around the ball. It's not awkward. Like I'll give you an example. in Shaka, when he's moving onto his left foot, he's like, move it over. Let's get that leg swinging. It's not as neat, not as smooth. Yeah. Different different player. I'm just I'm making a, an example there so you can see the difference. So I like him. When he's on it, I really like him. The West Ham game is my favourite. I think it's my favourite game of the season, funny enough. Mm. And that and Slavia. I just love the way we played against West Ham, the way we tore them apart. And Odegaard and Party in particular and Pepe coming on were just tremendous in that game. And it's my favourite memory of the season, watching him play that way, because that is proper football Mm. that we have not done against a low block for years. Yeah. For years. But then when he dis- <laughs> but then, but then he disappeared, didn't he, because of the injury? And yeah. I thought, and I looked at it and I thought, am I getting seduced again by another non-running, can't really work hard number ten that can only play when the sun is shining on the west end, on his boots? Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, I don't want that anymore, because what we, t- what we, this is what I want to say to you, Tom actually, you, you get me, you always get me going, right? <laughs> like, you know, what we become that, people. <laughs> <laughs> what we've become i want i want you to really hear this and hopefully they'll give you some give you some more of this in, as the summer goes on we we are actually quite a nice passing football team when things are going good yeah. and particularly in the sanitised environment where there's no crowds the games naturally become a, a pattern paid game it's all about your passing movements your shapes, diamonds, coaches are driving you around, and so you end up playing a coach's game, a sanitized game. And it's no surprise that the best coach team in the league has won the league, right? There is no emotional variable of the crowd event. That's why Sheffield United disappeared because they offer emotion. Liverpool, a team that play off emotion, pressure, presence of the crowd, and so it's become a sanitized game and Arsenal are quite a sanitized team. They play pattern play, sometimes in the wrong area. When it goes well, we get accused of scoring the perfect goal. Yeah. But what we've lost, and this is why you in the signings that I like, you'll you'll realize why I like them. What we've lost is the art of the contest. The art of the one-on-one duel. The moment where you take the ball off somebody, drive at people, win your contest, win your duel. The art of the contest is disappearing a little bit from our game as an Arsenal team. So we naturally, our eyes go to a Odegaard because he plays the lovely patterns that we've been brought up on. The Nazarese, the Fabregas, all the rest of it. Our eyes go to him really easy. We can see what he's all about. Our eyes don't go to a Willock, a little bit more untidy, going to drive his man a little bit in a slightly different way. But it's still a contest. It's a contest of the game. This is why I like a Persuma. one on one contest. He wins them. He wins his job and the guys next to him. Yeah. The art of the contest is what we need to improve on to find the 20 points. So, when we play against Lil Porn City, who are really the two teams that are way better than us, we've got to compete with them. So, we've got to have players that can win the contest. And that's doing in a technical way, a physical way, an agile way, or using your body weight in the right, in the contact. I think we, as, as a fan group, have got to recognise the talents of players, like a Saka, who wins his contest almost every single week. He beats people, he wins, he takes the ball off them. This is a very important aspect to the game. We've got too many people on the periphery of the game playing pattern play, and then what we do, then we have then blame the coach and say he's too structured. There isn't enough non-structure, because there is no contest. There is nobody tackling. There's nobody transitioning. I bet our tackling numbers are incredibly low as a team. We don't transition. So we are more of a positional team that plays pattern. Our position is too deep. So we're not driving at people. I thought Sunday was an incredible... I don't know. Just re-watch the first 10 minutes of Sunday's game mm. and see where we were playing with the crowds in the ground and see how front-footed we were. And see how we were driving people back and we dominated the contest and set the tone of the game just on our position and, our, and how aggressive we were. And I think that's what we need to focus on as much as players we want to see brought in. And I think if we do that, you're going to see a team that's going to really make the, the crowd you know, and all of your listeners feel really proud to be part of it.
0: That'd be a nice change uh, from what we've been recently experiencing, of course. Um, that, that does bring us to the end, um, which is uh, a sad, a shame, um, but it won't be the last time you see Clive on the channel. No, you sure I, I,
1: I watch your stuff nearly every day now, so I'm becoming... Because I make like it stuff. every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking you're getting up. right? So I, I get up at eight and I go straight on to the morning show most of the time, and uh, I don't catch all the other evening ones, but I definitely mm. watch that morning one, and... I see the guys that um, are watching you, and um, they're smart dudes, right? I said this before; they're smart guys, and so um, I hope they appreciate this. And um, yeah, thanks for asking me, mate.
0: No, absolute pleasure, always. Um, yeah, it's uh, the eight AM morning shows have become really interesting. I think that they, it has highlighted as well, and we've gained a lot of new listeners through doing that show. And still all of them that come in and are are very adept deaf with their words. And I mean, even when you see like Zamiri disagree with you earlier, it was very much it wasn't like a Twitter, it was a I respectfully Clive, I disagree yeah. with you, and here's why. And that's that's the difference that you get here. And
1: exactly. And and to and I thought I better explain myself because yeah. I want you to realize when people say oh, we need new defenders, but our defensive record is is good. That's not that's not what I'm that's not what I'm saying. So I've got to explain myself better position 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 where you play on the pitch is absolutely critical as soon as we fix that mate it's going to be a lot better a lot better yeah
0: i genuinely, as i said before i'm not worried about the summer window i'm interested to see how it goes i'm intrigued and i'm excited about the new season without the distraction of european football to see yeah. what happens um tell people where they can find you on the socials clive um well i
1: forget um uh, at Clive Pafc, um, but I think yes, it most is. people know me now. Um, and I only do the Answer Vision podcast, so I'm on a few shows this week. So, um, end of season promises, so you might find me out there on a few shows in the next couple of weeks
0: yep so as he said you can go find him at clive So you can follow the arsenal vision podcast as well at arsenal v podcast uh, on twitter as well uh, and as i say we're back tomorrow morning with an update of all the latest transfer information which will then probably lead into a tactical breakdown on one of the players that we've been linked to as well we'll see you again very very soon and as always up the arsenal